One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Storytelling, the journey of real change makers and discovering their impact on the world we live in. And now, broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, Rivers Corbett. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of the Startup Canada podcast show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off, that's right, 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. Do any of our new listeners remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit startupcan.ca to join the network to connect to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the show Dr. Rob Annan. He's the Chief Research Officer for MyTax, a university-based organization that supports research initiatives in Canada, particularly through graduate student internships. Today, we will talk about the role universities are all doing to help entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial mindset from day one, and how you can connect your startup to a university for support with R&D, business modeling, talent, and other collaborations to grow your business. Rob will use his experience to provide us with some incredible insights into the entrepreneurial ecosystem surrounding universities. Since joining MyTax in 2011, Rob has brought over 1,000 international students to Canada's university ecosystem and regularly speaks on research and innovation policy with public and private audiences across Canada. He advises government and university leaders on innovation and evaluation methods for research and innovation programs. And today, Dr. Rob Annan is in the studios in the world headquarters for Startup Canada in Ottawa. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Rivers. Happy to be here. Awesome, my friend. Well, look, um, before we kind of dive into the interview, we really like to get a, a landscape of, of you and, uh, you know, your tell us about your doctorate and how did you really get involved with that this university ecosystem? Because uh, there's a lot of cool things happening in universities. Yeah, sure. Um, so I come from a research background. I did uh, my PhD uh, in McGill University in biochemistry. Uh, and it was during that, uh, the, the PhD, 
PhD there that I realized that kind of following the traditional research track towards uh, sort of postdoctoral work and university professor and so on wasn't really uh, my thing. I was looking for other sorts of opportunities. So when I graduated with my PhD, I actually started a, a business um, really focused on scientific writing, uh, you know, sort of grant proposals and uh, policy analysis for the university and, and research sectors. So I did that for a few years um, and eventually um, got turned on to my tax where I am now. Uh, they they were originally one of my clients, um, but I was really jazzed by what they were doing, which was really connecting universities and businesses in order to support you know innovation in the industrial sector with the research going on inside the universities, but really with a focus on student experience, student training, and so on in order to open up sort of ideas for uh, for graduate students who are looking for opportunities as I was. So I've been with MyTax for about uh, five years now, and cool. and uh, I'm the chief research officer there. Well, it, it sounds like you're on a great journey. It sounds like you're really attractive. Uh, sorry, you're really uh, keenly enthusiastic about what's going on. But I got to tell you, Rob, you have been known to have said, and this is a sad statement, and I want to know how you're going to fix it. When it comes to international graduate students, we weren't attracting the best and brightest. So that means we are now or we should be. Well, we're working on it, Rivers. Uh, (laughs) Cool. I'll give you a little context there. I think, you know, in a sense, we are, we certainly do attract some great students to Canada, but we don't attract nearly enough. Right. Uh, And and by that, I mean, we don't attract enough um, based on sort of uh, our our capacity, based on the quality of our institutions. We also don't really attract enough to build the future of Canada, right? I mean, these international students coming in um, really represent our future entrepreneurs, our future leaders, um, you know, they add to what we already have here in terms of talent and so on, because ultimately these days, talent really is global, increasingly global. Mm. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, basically the problem we've got right now in Canada is 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 largely uh, just the fact that we're so close to the United States. They cast a huge shadow for international students looking to go abroad, and rightly so. I mean, Harvard, Princeton, Stanford, these are great universities. Um, but we're just, we're not really registering. If you're, if you're like a top student in India or you're a top student in China, you're top student in Brazil, uh, you know, you feel, you feel good about Canada, but we don't necessarily register when you're thinking, where are my opportunities? Mm. So what we're really trying to do is reach out to these students, really these, these really the best and the brightest, uh, bring them to Canada, show them what we've got. And invariably they get super turned on to what's going on here in Canada. Our universities are top notch. Uh, the quality of life is excellent. The weather in Ottawa is kind of the pits today. So it's a little <laughs> hit and miss when it comes to that. But, um, you know, I think we do a good job of bringing them once they're here. We just have to get on the radar. So how do you do that, Rob? You, 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 I mean, your mission's pretty clear, but how do you identify the best and the brightest? Is there a, you know, as a, a is, is, is there an algorithm that you use to do that? You know, what's the what kind of a process you use to identify them? Yeah, so we have a, we have an international student recruitment program at MyTax. We bring roughly a thousand students a summer now to Canada, where they spend the summer working on campus with uh, researchers and fellow students, and being introduced to sort of the, the companies and the, the real like, kind of innovation leaders in those communities. Um, we we work with international partners around the world, uh, governments, um, uh, universities, other organizations abroad. 
And uh, we end up re- receiving somewhere in the order of 5,000 applications uh, each summer for those spots. And all of those applications are really from the top universities and the partner countries we work with. And those students, um, you know, are then essentially evaluated based on their track record, based on recommendations they receive back home. So yeah, there is kind of an algorithm. Um, but really, uh, the key point is that there is a, a large pool of students who are also self-selecting for kind of ambition, uh, sort of adventure to go abroad and have these kinds of experiences. And they really are. They're just fantastic students. So that's interesting you talk about partners. I mean, it's the basics of business. You joint venture with the organization so uh, or, or other businesses. I mean, I mean and what I'm, what I'm, what's so cool about what you're saying, you are actually running your, your organization like a business right from the very beginning. You've got to get customers. You've got to provide value. You've got to identify uh, partners to be able to help you. And, and so can you give us an example of some of the partners that you're working with the, across the globe to bring the students here? Yeah, so there's there's sort of uh, maybe sort of three or four layers of partners. First, we work we're a university based organization, so we're a not for profit, mm-hmm. but we're we're based in Canada's universities, and so in a sense, the universities as our members are also our our partners and our clients. We really are working with them to support the initiatives that they're launching when it comes to international students. Secondly, we work with uh, federal and provincial governments across the country who support our programs in part. So um, in that way, there we also then we're working to align with strategies when it comes to sort of international education, international trade. Uh, third, we work uh, very closely with international governments, as I said. So we have partnerships where the program is co-funded, for instance, by uh, the China Scholarship Council, by uh, or science organizations in Brazil, in France, uh, and maybe a dozen other countries. So that's, a, that's the third layer. And then the final layer is really working with Canadian business, where we're really sort of understanding what are the what are the business needs where do they have partnerships for instance so we work with some companies who have partnerships say in Mexico we look to build links with universities and students in Mexico to support those activities uh, and then we have independent of our international program we have a student internship program which is a significant part of our operation which really is hand in hand with business and with universities trying to build the connections between them very, very cool. So uh, I want you to pretend that your grandmother is sitting right beside you and uh, is, uh, and I don't know if she's still alive or not, but uh, what's her name? Shirley. Shirley. Okay. But what's her grandmother name? <laughs> what's her grandmother name? She's uh Okay. So grandma wants you to tell her what you do in 60 seconds or less and, uh, and uh, include in that some of the programs that you run. So you, you can say, well, grandma. <laughs> All right. Well, grandma, we are a university-based research organization and we build programs that support innovation in Canada. And we do that in two main ways. One, we uh, run internships for graduate students and postdocs who work inside of business, care the university research, the university skills they have into the business marketplace, and then carrying the challenges businesses face back into the university space. So these are really cooperative research projects with students. And then the second part is an international program that recruits international students to Canada and provides them opportunities to experience Canadian research and to attract them to come back for study, and also to send Canadian students abroad so that we're really building global connections when it comes to research and innovation. Love it, man. Yeah, she'd be very proud of you for sure. (laughs) So how can we create greater connectivity between entrepreneurs, startups, small businesses, 
and universities. And you see a lot of it going on, but what's your, what's your, uh, your sweet spot for, for, you know, valuing this connection? Yeah. So this is, this is a really interesting challenge and one that, that we've been wrestling with for a long time, not just at my tax, but I think just generally in Canada, how do we build these networks? Um, and so I'll start with what doesn't work. You know, initially we had an idea that the universities would do research and then they would effectively push that research out into uh, into the society, right? Whether it was through business or whatever. There's kind of a bit of a push model when it comes to ideas and innovation. Um, frankly, that just never really worked. Uh, so then we started instituting what we call like a poll model where we'd ask companies to come and tell us, what do you need? And then we'll work on it and we'll give it to you from the universities. Uh, again, businesses are busy. They're too busy to actually go and knock on the door of the university to say, hey, I need something from you guys. Mm. So really what we have found uh, in terms of a model is to build essentially what we're calling cooperative research. Um, this is where you actually identify shared interests at the very beginning. Businesses have got business challenges. Uh, universities have got research interests. You know, the, the, the professors and the students have got research interests. And if you've got someone who understands both worlds, and is able to essentially act as a translator between the two kind of languages, the language of business needs and the language of research interest, you can actually find a lot of alignment. And then instead of having kind of a transactional relationship where it's like, you know what, you're going to give us this piece of research, you actually work together and say, you know what, we want, we've got shared objectives here. We want to solve a business challenge, but you guys find this to be a really interesting research question. Working together, we can actually achieve a lot of really cool things. So that's really the model that we pursue. And uh, we support a couple thousand projects a year now. That, that way. And uh, by and large, they're, uh, they're really successful. Yeah, it's very cool. One of the things you touched on, I mean, amongst the many things just in there is the, is the word language. And it is so true. We, we do speak different languages and I'm not talking English or French. I'm talking, uh, you know, uh, 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 a, a passion or a, uh, or a discipline. And uh, to identify, first of all, that that exists, I think is a key, key piece of success. So that's really cool. One of the things, Rob, that I am purely passionate about when I always say say is 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 critically important for us as a as a society as a country to really embrace the whole entrepreneurial ecosystem is the whole area of culture you know I believe that we really need to make entrepreneurship a core competency of all Canadians and and really a, one of the key pillars of, of of our culture in your view how can we build up the uh, the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial competencies of, of all Canadians. Let's, uh, let's take away those that are rabbit fans and are already playing in the game. How can we build up those that yeah, just need to know more about us? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things I think we've been we've learned at MyTax just through experience is that one way you can really increase entrepreneurial interest and in, uh, and experience with with students in particular is to give them work experience. And I don't just mean inside of a startup per se, but we find that any kind of work experience where students are kind of getting a chance to see how ideas get translated into an application, where you carry something just a concept into the marketplace, becomes totally inspiring for them, especially when they're just starting out. It really opens up new paths for them. They realize that, you know, this sort of thing is possible, that there isn't some sort of like secret magic sauce to, to, to starting a company, to, to um, sort of taking an idea to market. So, you know, students along the way, especially, you know, you can learn by doing, you know, marketing and sales and so on. These things are hard, but but you can gain that experience. But I really think it's that, that initial spark where you say, aha, wait a minute, you know, 
I see a path to take my ideas and turn them into something really interesting and valuable. Um, and so one of the and so one of the ways that we sort of have validated this internally is that we find that among our students, you know, our, we don't place students in startups. Per, I mean, we do have some startups certainly, but that's not sort of a design element of our programs. But nonetheless, fifteen percent of the students that go through our program end up starting their own companies, and. We were really shocked by that. And when we went back and asked them, that's a, that's a little over sort of double the background rate for graduate students. We asked them, we said, well, you know, why are you, why did you start this company? And by and large, they said, you know, I just realized I could. I had these ideas <laughs> I love it. and yeah. I had always assumed I would be a professor. And then suddenly I said, well, wait a minute, why don't I start a company, right? And I take this idea and I can actually translate it into something really, uh, really sort of tangible. So, um, in my mind, experiential education is key. You get young people early on excited about how business works and you demystify a lot of it. I think we can do a lot to, to increase that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, that's magic. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I put you on the spot a little earlier and I'm going to put you on the spot now. Not that uh, I think anybody's going to pound on your door if you don't mention them. Right here now, which are the top three entrepreneurial universities in Canada and why? <laughs> that is a tough question. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll say, the, I, I will answer the question. I'll get on the spot, but I will say, you know, I think that the university sector as a whole is really waking up to this challenge around entrepreneurship. So there are a lot of really great initiatives happening on campuses right across the country. But if I really had to pick three, uh, I think the first one is pretty clearly um, a leader in the space is Ryerson University in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, they've, uh, they've recently been ranked as the uh, top university incubator uh, in North America and they've incubated over 200 companies, something like $140 million in seed funding. So that's a really there. It's called the, the DMZ is their sort of entrepreneurial space. Mm -hmm. And it's really leading the way for a lot of universities who are looking to them and sort of looking to replicate the, the magic they've created there. Um, I'd also mention maybe on, out on the West Coast, UBC has recently launched a, a really comprehensive program, uh, entrepreneurship at UBC, and it's still sort of early days, but they're putting a lot of effort behind it. Um, they've got internal seed funding uh, for some of their own startups, which is, I think, important for their students. Uh, they have a really strong mentor network and you know good connections with their business school. So I think they're doing some great things. And then the third one is, this is tough, uh, you know, University of Sherbrooke actually is also doing doing some pretty exciting things. You know, they've got, they actually launched their um, kind of entrepreneurial strategy, uh, you know, like a decade ago, which was really pretty early out of the gate. And uh, they've built a, a strong system there to support uh, the students that they have who are trying to take their ideas to market. So, uh, you know, I, I apologize to those universities who may be listening because <laughs> there are great things going on across the country, but those three in my mind really do stand out. Yeah. Well, you know, and it, and it did put you on the spot and that was unfair because they're, they're brilliant ones. And what I loved about the, the, that list that you just came up with was the, was Sherbrooke and not that they're, you know, oh my gosh, why them, but why not them? And, you know, these magical gems that are happening in our university uh, campuses across the country, uh, you know, uh, opportunities to, to be exposed to this, uh, this ecosystem, this journey is in many university campuses, probably some right in your own backyard and you don't even realize it. So, so I appreciate that reference point. So let's let's talk about millennials. And uh, you know, I think I my, I have three kids. They're all millennials, and you know, they're really open to the world, adventure. Nothing holds them back. But what are your thoughts on millennials and being open to entrepreneurship more than uh, previous generations? 
Yeah, I think I think that I think that there's certainly uh, a lot more interest and a lot more um, a lot more of an entrepreneurial mindset among millennials. I mean, we work with thousands uh, of them with my tax. And, you know, one thing I think, you know, just for context, obviously that, you know, like sort of traditional employment is undergoing pretty radical change anyways, right? The idea mm. of, um, you know, there's sort of, you know, by and large, I think young people see themselves as free agents anyways, uh, you know, whether they go the entrepreneur route or, or even into kind of a profession or, or other type of employment, uh, the kind of guaranteed employment is already, I think y- younger people see that this is, uh, this isn't even really an option anymore. So that mm. they take an entrepreneurial mindset, even to their own career, whether they start a company or not. Um, but we've had a number of students come through who, again, you know, we had uh, we had a couple students from the University of Calgary who were doing a, an internship with like a logistics and shipping company. And they were really they were designing some some uh, some software uh, and using GPS units on sort of machinery in the in warehouses in order to sort of like manage logistics. And anyways, not to get into the details, but basically when it came time to, you know, essentially commercialize that software, um, they pitched the company on the idea that they would launch their own company and then essentially license it uh, to the uh, logistics firm as uh, you know, sort of as a, in a client relationship. Um, which was the, the company had assumed that they would just offer them a job, but the students saw kind of a different path and the company loved it. They didn't have to take on the, uh, you know, those sort of the ongoing costs of bringing in full-time employees and so on. It kept the, the students very nimble in terms of the development of the software. Um, and this was something that really came from the students, not from the company. So that sort of thinking I think is a lot more uh, present in, uh, in the next generation, uh, which is, I think a great, a great development is an encouraging thing for Canada. Yeah, I think it is too. You know, they, they, they're really in tune to their DNA and are not willing to sacrifice it for the greater cause of, of the, of the money journey. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with chasing money, but if you're unhappy doing it, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not the right way to go. Um, Look, you spend a lot of time, obviously, on policy research and development, and it's aimed at informing the discussion around uh, Canadian innovation. And you talked about being, um, you know, informing government, universities, obviously, and so on. What what direction is that conversation uh, on um, on policy research and development going around innovation? What what direction is that conversation one going, and two, where is it not going that you think it should be going? Yeah. Okay. Great question. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty optimistic about things. Um, I, you know, maybe just by nature, but I think also just based on the sorts of things I'm hearing, you know, on the university side, uh, I think the conversation has completely changed over the last decade or so. Um, I think there's a real recognition among the universities and inside governments that we need to make sure that we're uh, we're building these kinds of connections uh, between our researchers and the communities they serve, not just business, but also you know kind of nonprofits, social welfare organizations, the whole the whole community. That the idea that the university needs to be a partner in this kind of work, I think, has really become the dominant discourse. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we've seen a lot more support for initiatives whereby we have the same kind of partnered research that we're doing. Um, I think that that there's always the risk of, you know, kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We want to make sure that we have solid support right across the research spectrum. There is a lot of kind of, you know, sort of blue sky work that needs to be done in research, you know, in research universities that lays the groundwork for the future. But um, in my mind, the focus that universities are placing on entrepreneurship and on commercialization, on partnership is a really, is a really positive development and not, not one that's just um, superficial talking points. We're actually seeing universities get behind this. So I think that's a real positive. Um, you know, in terms of where where maybe we could be doing more work, 
certainly when it comes to the kind of the research-based, uh, innovation-based policy that governments are implementing, uh, I think that we're generally moving in the right direction, but I'd like to see more uh, discussion around how we can actually support the growth of our companies. So, you know, starting firms, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, right? I mean, mm. starting firms is super important, but how do we then help those companies? How do we make sure that the environment is right, that we have the right um, sort of the, the right sort of policies and context for those really exciting and dynamic young companies to grow to the point where they actually do become kind of linchpins in our uh, various sort of like uh, local economies and so on. So, uh, you know, conversations around how money is spent on R&D support, innovation support, I think are important. But if we can focus on growing firms, I think that would be a really great direction for the conversation to take. Well, it's yeah, wow. Uh, it's a, a, a again an interesting point. You know, we tend to you know, we give birth to the birds and then just say push them off the edge and say go fly and figure it out on the way down. And uh, it's that ongoing support. Even so much, I mean, I'm I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years, and and today, you know, I needed to have that a level of support, whether it was intrinsic or, or intri- extrinsic. It still was support that I needed, and uh, we've got to recognize that it's. A journey, not necessarily just a, a period of time. So, uh, yeah, I love I love that your your thoughts in that direction. So, you know, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the state of uh, of uh, university entrepreneurship. You've got uh, uh, coming in in the next five minutes is uh, the prime minister himself because he's heard that you're on my podcast and he wants to know what are your top recommendations to better leverage universities and growing entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurial success in Canada going uh, forward and say the next let's let's do really short term what can we do in the next 12 months that realistically can radically change what's going on yeah, that's a good question. So I think uh, it wasn't on the script. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that uh, the prime minister might be popping in here. So I, I'm just straightening my tie. Uh, right on. No, I think you know when it comes to entrepreneurship and universities, I think first we need to recognize that still it is early days. Um, there's lots of different models being tried on different campuses, and I think that's really exciting. Um, you know, we're not putting all of our eggs into a single basket, and I think that's one from a policy perspective. One recommendation is that is that we allow this kind of diversity to blow awesome in the short term to see what Mm. does work. I mean, the University of Toronto, I believe, has nine incubators on campus with slightly different models for student support and training and so on. Um, That's just at a single, there's like an incubator of incubators. Mm. And I think that's all right, actually, that if we want to encourage good ideas, then we need to, we, you know, like, like the, like the startup community itself, some will succeed and some will fail. Um, but you don't have the successes without that environment that allows failure. So in terms of how we're actually going to encourage really, I think better support and better training and better relationship building, um, for entrepreneurship on campuses, the ability to, uh, facilitate, um, you know, sort of slightly different models, uh, is, is important. And for the universities to recognize that there are certain things that they can provide that that others that others are more challenged to provide. This isn't about providing, you know, uh, maybe you know, sort of services. To entrepreneurs. There's other organizations that do a fantastic job of supporting startups, but universities have got real advantages when it comes to uh, you know infrastructure, um, you know, equipment that uh, is way beyond the means of a startup uh, space. You know, a lot of universities are setting up like maker labs, you know, sandboxes. Um, they have expertise uh, on campus. So if universities really can 
focus on what they do and the advantages that they have, and then build connections with um, with those in the space who are probably maybe providing broader support, then I think we've got a really nice recipe for some success. Do you think that there's a cultural barrier uh, within the, the, the professor dome uh, that professors say, I don't really have to make the connections because things are great here and people should come to me? Do you think that there needs to be a shift in in attitude, if I could call it that, and reason, and I and I say that in in fairness because I sense that in one of the universities right in our own backyard, the University of New Brunswick, I see that happening a lot, where the professors won't go outside of their comfort zone, their boundaries of the campus, uh, and connect with the community that surrounds them. Do you, do you sense that that's a, that's an issue? Yeah, you know, that's really changing. Um, it's So universities really are still collections of individuals when it comes to the professors, and you're going to get a variety of attitudes. But in our experience, uh, we see two things happening. One is that professors coming into the system today have, uh, I think, a greater openness to cooperation and collaboration. Um, you know, they're now going coming up through the system where this is part of the norm, so they don't have mm. a reference point of the kind of, you know, and it, it's a bit of a cliche around the ivory tower, but certainly the university ecosystem used to be more like that. Younger professors are less less inclined that way, and a lot of young professors have actually spent time in industry already, and they carry that experience with them. So I think on the one hand, the culture is changing just based on turnover. Um, on the other hand, you know, I think what we have found certainly at my tax is that, you know, we often end up working with a professor who's, you know, maybe a little bit reluctant initially. Yep. And, and they see the idea of working with business, you know, that business is going to corrupt them. Uh, you know, bus- <laughs> yeah. That business, all they care about is, you know, like the, 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 the dollars at the end of the, at the end of the rainbow or whatever. Mm. Um, what they actually find when they take, you know, in our case, these are short projects, a lot of them, you know, four months long, the student gets support, you know, support through the internship. Uh, so it's a way for them to dip their toe in. And what they actually find is that that business, that industry is a, a, an immensely rich source of interesting research questions that businesses are struggling with. How do we do things faster? How do we do things better? How do we make our products stronger? Um, these are all really interesting challenges. And if the professors can understand these in the research context, uh, we've had some of the ones, some of our professors that were the most reluctant have actually become the biggest fans and oh, have built wonderful. really long-term sort of relationships. So it's a process. Yep. It's a process, but I'm, I'm optimistic that it's changing. No, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And that's, uh, you know, it's it, 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 I, I mean, I sense that that's moving, but uh, you get the <laughs> as you do the ivory tower, as you say, is still happening. But I, I think your point's well taken: is that the new professors are being exposed to uh, a very much a collaborative model, and so that uh, their their natural instincts are yes, of course you would do that. So uh, yeah, great reinforcement with that. Well, look, Rob, uh, it's been a wonderful conversation, and I uh, I want to close with letting you have the the last word, sir. Do you have anything to share uh, that you would like to talk about? Recommendations? Remembering at this point, we've got a, we've got entrepreneurs from across the country who are just, just so disappointed this interview's ending, but they want it to end in a way that they say, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, if I had one message, you know, I think that there's there's opportunities in both directions. I'd really encourage, um, you know, people listening to the podcast, startup uh, sort of, you know, entrepreneurs uh, and other, you know, just business people in general, that uh, they should think of universities as potential resources. You know, I really do think that they're changing and, and they can become exciting partners, both because the universities have infrastructure that um, is second to none in terms of, you know, sort of uh, technical capabilities. There's expertise on campuses, 
which I think um, can really be beneficial. But, you know, most importantly, to be honest, is the students. Uh, there's so much talent, and especially among, you know, graduate and undergraduate students, there's a real hunger. There's a hunger to, to jump into something. Um, you know, you point out the millennials. I think there's a passion ready to be unleashed there. And students having an opportunity to kind of do something experiential alongside their academic work um, are, are big enthusiasts and can really help uh, both in the short term as well as in kind of a long term uh, way with companies as they sort of grow out and try to have really cool and new ideas. So, you know, I do encourage the listeners here to also, you know, well, they can heck, they can call my tax if they want, but also just to reach out to to universities and see if there's an opportunity there for them too. What is, I, I said it was the last question and I lied because I just tweaked with an interesting perspective on reaching out. I, I, I wanted to ask you from a landscape perspective, do you find that there's more seniorpreneurs that are reaching out these days, people are retired, looking for that second career and so on, not just the millennials. What about the other side of the, the life's journey? Do you find that's, uh, that's, that's happening more? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Actually, one of the things that we're starting to see is a lot of um, sort of more senior professors, you know, mm. senior academics who have, you know, they've built their research careers, they're, they're well established inside the university. And then, you know, they sort of think, you know, I've got, I've had all these ideas over my, my career and some of them um, are actually really interesting potential uh, sort of applications. And so uh, I know of a number of professors now who, you know, they're getting up into, you know, not that their fifties are old, um, <laughs> but at that point there in a research career, you're well-established. You're not, you know, a 27 year old launching a company. You're someone who says, you know what, looking back now, I want, I'd like to see some of my ideas come to life in kind of commercial application or whatever. And, and so we do actually see on the campuses, certainly, um, you know, older uh, sort of mid to late career uh, academics jumping into the startup space. That's awesome. Great to hear that. We had uh, Wendy Mayhew uh, on our show uh, last season and she talked about that whole area of seniorpreneurship. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat about that. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been MyTech's Chief Research Officer, Dr. Rob Annan on Canada's university ecosystem and how we can use entrepreneurship initiatives to attract more international students. Keep being a rock star, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rivers. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out.